0: Welcome to Not Enough Champagne, a podcast that's coming to the end of its silly season break. It's just me uh, for this one, although you will hear Steve from another time and place in about two or three minutes' time, I suspect. We return from our summer break next week, uh, but in the meantime, we promised a B-side from the Not Enough Champagne vaults over bank holiday weekend. So this is something, an extract from an episode Steve and I recorded with our good friend Shaz Rahman of shazayati.com, and this is it was part of a episode we did on climate change on transport a lot of it is talking about domestic flights that sort of thing hope you enjoy it anything you want to add steve before we go on to the travely bit
1: um no 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 the only other thing i could think to go on about is cruise liners and to be honest it's not that interesting so
0: a podcast on the future of holidays and cruising would be an interesting one when we get into the summer though
1: that could actually be a good one
0: yeah um because none of us are going anywhere
2: if you're ever allowed out again yeah wait my
0: mum's had loads of cruises cancelled that she was going to be on in May June, and they've just all been rolled over to next year. So it feels like, why do you still want to go on cruises still? Like of all the things.
1: Um, anyway, it's the only thing so- that. Sorry, on that, it's literally the only thing that's kind of going to be able to keep the cruise liners actually up and up and operational at the moment. Um, is the notion that they basically there is a date next year that they can they can actually continue. So in effect, they're probably getting. Um, Provisional, limited bailouts in some capacity, whether that be through bank loans mm. or through governments or, or, or whatever. Um, what's, what's really fascinating is actually the uh, the politics of who the cruise liners are, to, or who are who they're talking to in regards to trying to get the bailouts which is you know the UK the US all of that sort of stuff and what con- countries the ships actually fly under in terms of the flag because obviously they tend to fly under under the flags of Caribbean islands which have low taxes and uh, and things like that um, so there's there's a really interesting little dynamic there but um, but Ooh, yeah it's that a...
0: is very interesting we should definitely talk about that
1: yeah um but yeah, separate subject.
0: <laughs> because maybe we could do we could use cruise ships down the Birmingham canals, and that could be another mass transit option we could use.
2: Well, back um, like in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> yeah,
0: something I'm not sure about as well. Just in terms of the, the the future, I suppose is I suppose domestic flights within cities. And again, there was an interesting stat in the Economist about how uh, in China where. You know, obviously, the origins of the the pandemic. Domestic flights, as you expect, the, they plummeted uh, in the immediate aftermath of the of the pandemic. But what they've started to do is creep back up again. And actually, it looks like flight levels, domestic flights, this is in China now, are about the same of where they were before the pandemic struck. That hasn't happened in America, not yet. There's, they're still quite low. But I wonder... Again, it comes back to the point we were saying before about how much is this going to change, you know, in, in the future. But are we going to see still domestic flights between countries happen in the so future as well? Domestic
2: so flights th- between countries.
0: Oh sorry, domestic flights within countries. Um, so domestic flights. Within, yeah, whatever. Go on, Steve.
1: Yeah. So domestic flights are a kind of an interesting one, especially when you bring it places like America and and, and China and compare it to, say, France or, or the UK, because, like, if, if you look at the actual kind of just the size of the countries physically in terms of, like, the geography of it, getting from one end of America, from the East Coast to the West Coast or vice versa, or from, you know, the northern bit to the southern bit is it, it's a massive undertaking. Um, so, and it's, you know, in many ways, it's comparable to going from one country in Europe to another country in Europe. So I feel like if you're going to be, uh, making comparisons of like domestic kind of flights, those aren't necessarily the, the best ones to be looking at. What we probably do need to be doing is looking at a bit more kind of a narrow focus and looking at the equivalence of going from, I don't know, London to, to Edinburgh, um, and looking for uh, equivalents within Europe, within China and America. But Kind of narrowing it down that way, because somebody who's flying from California to New York, that is basically going from one end of a continent to another one. And, you know, that would count as an uh, external flight in Europe just because there's no country big enough to cover all of that. Um, But so, like, just looking straight at domestic flights on its own, I think, isn't necessarily going to be a, a particularly... Good metric in and of itself. I think you probably need to narrow it down a little bit more to actually get a proper read of the data and what the impact is.
2: But
0: if 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 anyone wants to calculate how long it would take to get from New York to California in an e-scooter, please do let us know. On that.
2: <laughs> Isn't it about four days in a car?
0: Yeah, it's something that like that. I mean, it's surely, a Great American Road Trip in the, in an electric car obviously would be an obvious solution.
2: Yes. Yeah. So, uh, talking about America. What America needs, what I would argue we don't need in this country, is America is so big, as Steve says, that they need a real high-speed network system for railways. Amtrak, which is government-owned, is massively underfunded. And the only things they have are a few intercity, like they've got services on the East Coast, which does quite well. But then they've got, you know, the old romantic routes across the deserts. We can have you know a nice free course meal and the sleeper trains, but they're they're not commuter trains. They're people on holiday who want a nice romantic romantic ideal of a train journey. What America really needs is a network of high speed rail to commute. No, sorry, it needs a network of high speed rail to connect some of those cities. So you know, if you want to go from New York, maybe not all the way across America, but you know new york to chicago is a massive distance to go but maybe that could be done by a train network maybe having trains get 200 miles an hour would make that a journey that would still take a lot longer than flying but make that a more viable journey maybe people are still gonna have to fly between new york and california but you know if you have somewhere in the middle that like texas for example you might be able to encourage people to get a high-speed train to Texas, have a nice day or two in Texas, and then get another high-speed train the rest of the way. Now, obviously, America is a massive consumer society that if we think we're behind the times in the UK in terms of sustainability and fighting climate change, America is another 15 steps behind us. But, you know, we're going to have to change our ways and encouraging domestic flights in terms of reducing them is going to be very important. So I mean, think domestic as as Steve said domestic flights to America are one thing but in the UK it's it's an easier argument we had flybe go bust recently and I've not flown personally in 5 years but I have flown for work on average twice a year for the past 5 years and it's always been through flybe from Birmingham to Inverness now the government could have bailed them out but chose not to and as we speak, they haven't bailed out any airlines yet, have they?
1: I don't, I don't... believe so.
2: so. So what they've done in France is France are going to bail out Air France. It is partly government-owned, but they've put some conditions on there. So they've been tasked with reducing domestic flights by 50%, finding more sustainable sources of fuel. And so if you've got a route that could be done via train, I think two and a half hours is their benchmark then there should be no equivalent flight path the netherlands are looking into something similar quite a few european countries are if we're going to do something we we should definitely do something similar as an environmental campaign obviously i'm I'm not keen on flying but we do have to recognize it has to happen on some level but we have to encourage people and airlines that they can't just carry on as normal because again we, well we all know where it ends. I think there's an interesting
0: example in Australia at the moment which I think we've talked about with you Shaz when we've talked about climate change and, and, and things going on I suppose climate um, Australia is probably sort of a halfway house in size between Britain and America you know it's, a, it's fairly hefty journeys from one end to the other so there's um, there was an interesting article looking at high-speed rail between different parts of Australia And what they said was that it could be 22 years before the line even begins. And then another 39 years before you see any reduction in CO2 emissions, Um, which I'm guessing is, I mean, that makes HS2 look quite speedy actually, Um, but might be a little bit too late for us, I suppose.
2: is also really awkward geographically. So you that know, everyone lives on the coast, in the middle of masses of desert. It's why people, as as in America, it's why lots of people fly everywhere because you want to go from one side to the other. It's a bloody long drive.
0: I feel that's not a very optimistic note to end on. Uh, so you
2: could end on a slightly more positive note about the airlines if you like, though. Yeah, let's a...
1: also end. We can also end on some trivia. I've just looked it up. Something so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you, are in a positive note, Shatters, then Steve. Just
2: yeah. So I mean, on a on a more optimistic note, as as we just mentioned, with France and quite a few European countries, now we do recognise that aviation can't grow exponentially. We do know that if we carry on, it's going to be bad, and so action is happening. France is actually making their airlines change. The Netherlands will do, and we have this as a as a basis to lobby our own government. So if they can do it, why can't we?
1: That is that optimistic. Is,
0: I also, I forgot that you were going to end on some trivia. What was the trivia that you had?
1: So I was just going to ask you guys, how many hours do you reckon it takes to cycle from Los Angeles to New York?
0: Oh. Um, so you say four days by car.
2: That's, that's roughly speaking. I mean, that, okay. um, I mean, I think that's that's going pretty... Relentlessly, without sleeping much.
0: Scott, uh, we're talking surely months rather than weeks. Do you want a more specific reply than that?
2: Uh, um, Well, we can have a (laughs) guess. I I reckon it takes six weeks.
0: I'm going to go for two and a half months.
1: So it takes 247 hours to cycle non-stop. Uh, from LA to New York so uh, yeah and likewise if, driving if you go non-stop is about 40, 42, 43 hours um, so yeah like once you actually factor in you know sleeping, eating going to the toilet it, it takes you a good 3-4 to four days probably to drive and I, I can't even begin to work out how long the 247 hours is in cycling you are looking at a serious time commitment.
2: But is that a professional cyclist though, in their lycra, going four pelts, or is that a person Google, who's going at a nice Google pace and themselves?
1: This is from Google Maps, so one would assume it's a kind of a, an average person. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: And then, yeah. Sorry, Chas.
2: I'm, I'm I'm sure that Christopher could probably do it a bit quicker.
0: <laughs> Not the mope.
2: Well, no, no, he's still recovering, isn't he? So no. Yeah. He
0: that's it hope you enjoyed that clip if you did you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts next week steve and i will be recording once again and uh, let's face it we have we have a lot to talk about um if you support us on patreon thank you very much there'll be a couple of things hopefully going up there over the next couple of days we've got something again that we recorded with Shaz about Marcus Rashford and the Free School Meals campaign, what that tells us about the makeup of the Conservative Parliamentary Party. There's also something from me which is looking at the last couple of weeks in politics, a little bit on Ed Davies' election victory for the Liberal Democrats and a little bit on what the Tories have been doing as well. Our theme tune was composed by Dave Depper, James Cram designed our logo. You can follow him on Twitter at James Cram. Our website is notenoughchampagne.com. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash notenoughchampagne. My Twitter handle is at paperbackbieter. Steve's is at acousticradical. And our Twitter handle is at nochampagnepod. Have a great bank holiday. Happy plotting.